The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. I don't care what anyone says. I will make a confession. I'm going to start off the top with a confession. I have fallen asleep the last two nights. We're recording this on Monday. Saturday night? We took the lead. We took the lead. That game was over. I had people over like during the evening. We, We were drinking. We were smoking. So like. You know, it gets past 10 o'clock because I'm up early with kids, too. You know, I was I was dozing and we got that second run and it was just like, well, this is, you know, I can let these eyelids hang heavy. Gotcha. Okay, I know like the Sunday night games are brutal. I wouldn't knock anybody for for falling asleep for those. I am a little surprised on the on the Saturday, though. Yeah. You know, hey, I had some friends over. Hadn't really drank in a while. Yeah. You know, a couple puffs. Having, you know, a lot of red meat, you know, eating burgers. The deadly trio. Yeah. The, I the mean, beer and the steak. Yeah. I mean, that'll that'll do it. What are you going to do? What are you, gonna do? <laughs> you know, um, but like if it was still a tie game, like I would have stayed up or if we only got one run, we got that second run. I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm not going gotcha. to fight this anymore. Yeah. Honestly, I figured you'd come in positive. You know, we're 14 games up and it's all good. I'm I'm pissed, man. We. Got walked off at Fenway on Saturday night and blew a lead. And and last night they blew leads of four nothing and six two and yeah. ended up getting embarrassed and blown out. Like that's that's not fun for me. It's not great. It's not great. I'm not here to say that those were a good time. I'm not gonna pretend they didn't happen just because I, you know, I was watching my eyelids. But we're 14 games up. Okay. It's a long, long season. And I'd rather they fuck around and learn something about themselves in July. And yes, if I had my drill, but like, what do I, I don't want them to lose to the Red Sox. I don't want them to lose to the Royals. Doesn't matter who they're playing really. So like, yeah, maybe it'd be a, a real like fucking ego boost. If we had taken, you know, three or four from the Astros and then 
won the you know won the game down in Houston and at least taken you know the first three games of this one. Yeah, sure. There's a little more you know pep in my step, but at the same time, to get upset, like to get really upset, and like some of the shit you see online of people just like. I saw someone talking about, like, we got to fire Boone. We got to trade Boone and bring back Girardi. Oh, God, that's time to log off. Now, do I think that Aaron Boone is the greatest manager alive? No, but he's – fuck it. Maybe he's a regular season manager. I don't know. This is our time to find out. But he's – we're 14 games up. So figure it out. Mess up. Lose some games. Come together as a team. Figure out where the holes are so we – like – Everyone wants us to win every game and also make trades at the trade deadline. You can't fix something unless you know what's broke. Oh, I tell you what's broke. It's it's Jamison Tyone with an 8.70 ERA over his last four starts. And he's getting dick slapped by all the good teams. That's a problem. The Astros, You're always going to get Sox. that. You're always – I've always said that. It, it, it's whether it's the first inning, the fifth inning, the seventh inning, the big inning's coming. You're just trying to get him out before that inning hits. Yeah, that, that's a weak link to me. I don't want him. I tweeted it. I don't want him anywhere near a playoff mound. I know he had a hot first month and everyone was like, JMO, JMO. This guy is an average pitcher. I have no confidence in him. He has no mound presence. And again, it's it's always against the biggest teams under the brightest light that he he's comes. our number five starter. You're talking about our number five starter and you're mad that he's not an ace. I'm not mad that he's not an ace. I'm mad that if you can't if you can't at least protect a six two lead and a four nothing lead through through four or five innings, like yeah, I'm mad. I, I like if, if a team comes out and gives you six runs in three innings, protect that fucking lead. So we need to bump up our fifth starter. Well, no, but it, all right. What's your what's your playoff rotation like? One of these guys between him, Montgomery, and Cortez, two of those guys are going to have to start probably multiple playoff games. Yeah, I mean it's it's not Tyone. Okay, so he's out. Then we're we're down to four. And look, I, I think I mean I, we'll we'll get into it. Everybody's a Benintendi, Benintendi, Benintendi. I I think I'd rather trade for a starter. Now, what starters available? Well, Luis Castillo, but I'm sure the Dodgers are going to outbid us. See, this is the problem. And, and Bobby Malone, who's like everybody knows him on Yankees Twitter, he's, he's constantly tweeting. But, you know, he brought up a good point. He's like, when was the last time that Cashman acquired a difference making arm? At the deadline, like other than Sonny Gray, there really hasn't been any. It was like half in 18, if you want to count him. And then pretty much nobody. I think Clemens in 99 was the last one before that. Yeah. So. I feel so if so Cashman's in the last year of his contract. Yes. And I know everyone's saying, you know, well, he's you know, it's his job as long as he wants. If you blow this. I think it's a lot easier to say, like, maybe go a different direction. You're, you know, you're part of the organization, but we got to get a different guy in there. And it's maybe easier for him to make it a, you know, hey, we came to this mutual decision. I'm I don't think he's going anywhere regardless. Yeah. I don't. I, I think he wants I to stay. blow this lead. You don't do something at the trade deadline. I think it's an issue. So I feel like he's more likely, and I've, I've said this for years, it's up to the team to show that they're worth investing further in. And I think this team has. I think the guys who are delivering have continued to deliver. I think we've had enough time that like guys like Hicks are are waking up, showing some promise. And we're getting close to decision making time on a few things. You know, what's going on at shortstop? 
Is it time, you know, to start the Peraza experiment? Um, is there any value for Gallo? No, I'll, I'll answer that. There's none. Maybe a, some lottery ticket, lottery ticket, 18 yeah. year old prospect. If anything. Um, and, but with that, like, is there another trade to get a Benintendi or, or, you know, Reynolds, someone like that? And on and then within all of that. Where can we upgrade pitching? And. You know, yeah, there are starters out there, I feel like. For teams that are, you know, just in in sale mode that that, you know, they're in a constant rebuild. Some of our pitchers that haven't worked out in the minor leagues yet may have value to a team that thinks they can make a couple tweaks and then end up flipping them in a couple years. Yeah, there, there's so much that can happen. There's so much that can happen at the deadline. Um, I just remember like 2019 that the team was playing well. They were giving Cashman every every excuse to go do something. And look, he did nothing. The Astros traded for Granky and, and won the pennant. So I don't know. I don't know if playing well necessarily guarantees that, that they're going to make a move. Last year, they were playing like shit, and he went out and got Rizzo and Gallo. I Honestly, I feel like it's a crapshoot, man. I, I could see him making moves. I could see him doing absolutely nothing and trading for a single-A reliever. I, I think it'd, it'd be hard to not. Like, I think we, we need that. I, I just go back. We need that, like, Cecil Fielder. We need that shot in the arm. Of like, I'm here, I'm going to make an impact. Like some, a veteran, you know, who can make an impact. I would love Ben Benintendi. He's got some swagger. He's he's won a World Series, an played all-star. in the AL East. He's an all-star. He's got good numbers against Houston, which I saw. He played well against them when the Astros and Red Sox played in the playoffs a couple of years ago. I, I think he'd be a great fit. Lefty bat, doesn't have power. You know, who cares? Puts the bat on the ball. Yeah, I mean, someone... My fear is that Cashman lets the market develop. And then, like, you know, we're we're on our heels. I'd like to set the market. Absolutely. And it's almost like a blessing and a curse with Cashman. He's so calculated and he's so locked in on value. And and sometimes that's great, right? Like the Wandy Peralta trade, great value for Talkman, the Clay Holmes trade, amazing trade. But it's like he it seems like he only makes these trades on the margins where he he knows he's going to win. And again, guy like Luis Castillo, there's going to be a bidding war, right? You're going to have to overpay or a Brian Reynolds. And like, I just don't see him. I feel like he comes up with what he thinks something's worth and he doesn't take what other teams are offering into consideration. And like, sometimes you have to overpay there's a there's a phrase i forget what it is but it's like if you if you approach every free agent situation or trade situation rationally you'll finish in second or third on every free agent like you have to overpay sometimes and like if they're going to get a castillo or a reynolds they're going to have to overpay that's just business yeah the way i think of it is like if you make a move early you're less likely in theory to make more moves. So you've already made your move. So I feel like more teams will come to you rather than everyone's waiting to see, you know, is Cashman going to call at the last minute? Like give yourself a week where people know you're, you're open for business. Yeah, absolutely. I hate, and that's one of the things I kind of hate about the trade deadline. It seems like a lot of years teams will just wait until July 29th to even start talking. And then it's like, oh, well, we didn't have time to get a deal done. You know, the schedule comes out in February, you know, when the, you know, when the trade deadline is. So yeah, I, I would, I would start the conversations now. And this team is too good not to do something. If this team is ever going to win a world series, it's going to be this year. Like, I think we're all at the point 
where we can admit that this is probably the best regular season that this group is ever going to have. And it really does feel like now or never, especially with judges impending free agency. Like this is it for this group as, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, there's all these things that have to be sorted out in the coming off season and like two or three off seasons that, I mean, let's face it. Rizzo's going to hit 40 home runs. Mm-hmm. You think he's going to stay for $16 million? No, someone's going to have to do some work there. He's going to need a little bit of money. Probably. I, I, but I think it'll be like when Chapman used to have those opt outs. Like, I think they'll tack on, you know, another year or two at another two or three million. Like, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. He loves clearly loves it. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying that's two or three million less for judge. Mm hmm. You know, so like there's a lot of decisions to make. It'd be easier. Like, I just think the best situation is just go win the World Series and then let someone else sort it out, Brian, right off into the sunset. No, as like the president emeritus, still an advisor, but get a new like a younger GM in there. You're still there to advise if if needed. Yeah, he, like he could kind of loom, he could kind of be like the Godfather figure in the background or something. Exactly. And let somebody else handle the day to day. Can still yeah. help recruit. Can help yeah. recruit. You know, he's Brian Cashman as uh, president emeritus could be as good as some players at recruiting. Oh no, but I think he's good. When and he's I think, not actually on the team, you know, sell them on New York. I think he could recruit like front office workers and analytics, like not just players, like coaches yeah. and everything like, you know, Chavez wanted to come here and, and different things. So let, if I put a gun to your head and I said prospect cost is the same and you can either have Brian Reynolds, you know, patrolling center field, hitting 300, flashing the leather, or you can have Luis Castillo starting game two of the ALDS. Like which which one do you think is more important at this point? Who's got more control? I, I think they're each this year and a oh you know what Reynolds has more I think Reynolds has like two extra years I think Castillo would just be a year this year and next year so he's still got this year and next year Castillo and I think Reynolds would have this year and two more years and I what's believe Cas- and roughly do we have any idea because Castillo is he under contract or is he still like arbitration eligible he would have one more year of arbitration after this year just made the All Star team yeah uh probably. Probably Castillo, because I feel like there's more outfield depth in the organization. And then if you get him as a number two, you got him as a number two this year and next year. And if you keep Seve and you've got Monty and Nestor, that's a really good starting rotation headed into next year. Um, So even if you're still piecing together a lineup because maybe you didn't keep Judge, um, you know, you've got some options. And you can let JMO walk, no problem, if you trade yeah. for Castillo. And 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 I agree with you. And my theory is that like I'm, we're seeing it right now. You know, come playoff time, I I do believe Judge in center, Stanton in right, and and Hicks in left as of now is their best outfield. But clearly, he's already getting the calf tightness, which we'll, we'll talk about. I don't think playing center field, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, it's not sustainable. Something's going to happen. And if you noticed, he played right field Saturday and Sunday. So I, I think yeah. they're starting to realize that. But so what I'm saying is, you know, maybe center field isn't as big of a need. We can stick Hicks in there for now. They're up 14 games, whatever. And once the playoffs start, you know, you can have Judge in center and at that that point it's game on i would pick castillo as well yeah you know i think as you get into some of the like later months 
too. Now, so compared to, let's say he had signed the extension. If, let's say Judge had signed the extension. Okay. It's easier to just do like a phantom 10-day IL. You yeah. know? Hey, let us start. We're going to bring Florial up here because then let's see if he could fly around a little bit. Then you go back to right. Life's easier. But you're coming back. You're the big man. You're already, you know, you're already paid versus he's not coming out of the lineup, you know, until he hurts himself bad. Yeah, that's a great point. And I did think that was interesting because they gave Rizzo, I think, four days and they only gave Judge one day. I I, I thought that was I thought they were going to give Judge more time than just just a day off for that. The most like you know, people like to compare him as like, you know, possibly being the captain. So people talk about like, you know, him versus Jeter or whatever. The most Jeter thing that I've ever actually seen out of him was when he wasn't in the lineup like a week ago and they just showed him stand, like looking like a lost puppy the way Jeter would when he wasn't playing. We're just like, I don't want to be on the bench. I'm going to be annoying. Just put me in the game. And I know that like Jeter used to fight hard with Joe Torre, like yeah. when he wanted to give him a day. Like most players are like, all right, and he would be in there like going back and forth with him. <laughs> he said in something, maybe it was in like the three thousand documentary or something like that, that he would annoy Joe Torre. So it was like, if you bench me, I'm also gonna annoy the shit out of you, like during the game. Like I'm gonna poke you and stuff like that. That's awesome. And by the way, you just brought this up, so I'll, I'll touch on it. The judge captain thing. Everybody is has banging the drum for that. So today I was listening to uh, the John Jastrzemski New York New York podcast, and he had Randy Wilkins on, who's directing the um the new Jeter documentary. And uh, what Randy said is, I guess you know from talking to all these Yankee sources and stuff doing doing the documentary, it sounds like they like unless you win a championship. They're not making you a captain. And I think he said that, like, Mattingly, I guess, was the only exception there. So, like, just just can we just forget the judge captain stuff? Like, I, I I'm so sick of hearing that. Yeah. Well, Mattingly also, you know, he was on a team with nothing, whereas it's like we've got six all stars. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, he's um, you want to hear a funny JJ story? Yeah. So I played softball with uh, the other JJ for like three years and then I even traveled out to like Brooklyn to play on like he had a team he needed a guy and so yeah. like I did it for a couple of weeks um he will fucking lose his cool on a softball field <laughs> really and, like he's got that big booming voice yes yes York so like you know there's you got guys who are getting paid like 40 bucks to umpire a game like they're not great we're playing co-ed softball and so it's like kind of early on in me knowing him and he is losing it over some call and I'm playing first base. He's playing left field. So he's going out to the field. He's like still yelling. And the guy, the umpire was just like, yo, first base, like I'm going to toss your guy. Like I'm going to, I don't want to do it. Like we're all playing this. So like, just, you know, try to get him to come down. Right. And I was like, yeah, you know, he's a, and I was like, you a big sports fan. And he was like, yeah, I was like, you listen to the fan. And he was like, yeah, of course I do. You know, Mike. Um, and I was like, you ever listen at night, JJ, after dark? He was like, yeah. I was like, that's him. And he was like, no way. That's the only thing that kept him from getting thrown out of the game. The guy with the fan. No, that is a good story. I can see the voice, too. Like, some people just have, like, that voice. Oh, he's got such a, like, yeah. And he's like that 100% of the time. Um, he, I've run into him at so many times at, like, Billy's before a game. Like, he'll roll in from, like, 
oh, we decided to go down the AC last night. I stayed up all night gambling, and now I'm back here. Let me tell you, the man has never been near an upper. I don't even know if he drinks coffee. He is just like happy-go-lucky, like great guy. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy his pot. So, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I ever forget thrown at, at a co-ed softball was like this guy was a fact. He was like, dude, I'm going to throw him out. Like I don't want to throw him out. But like I'm gonna have to throw him out. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, let's let's ixnay the uh, the judge captain talk. Two guys that I've been ripping basically the entire season. Hicks and Donaldson both playing really well. Hicks had a 4.35 average going in July, going into last night. Uh, you know, I'm sure that changed since then. And then Donaldson, like you so eloquently predicted, he is hitting 4.59 with seven bombs in his last 10 games at Fenway Park going into last night. So it's fine. Like, to be honest, I just thought these two were never going to get going. So it, it, it's almost like a bonus for me. Yeah. I mean, like Hicks has woken up and like Hicks isn't going to hit 400. He hit like 300 in June. Right. And like if he could get to that or even just like 280, it's not 212. Like yes, that, you exactly. know, dude, I'll take 240 from him, man. Seriously. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to always be like the monster three run home run. Sometimes it's just a base hit. And I think he's figuring that out is like sometimes it's just the hit. Uh, a lot of times when he looks bad, it looks like he's swinging out of his shoes on like a three two pitch. Yeah, 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 agreed. But the power's coming back though, and and if you remember, Tashera used to talk about this. Like when you get that specific wrist surgery, I forget what it's called. Like the power can take over a year to yeah. come back, even when you're you know quote unquote cleared to play. And it, I think he had two homers over the weekend, and he's he's starting to drive the ball. I mean, again, if he can just hit two fifty and finish with like I don't know fifteen to eighteen homers, like just do something. Especially since they're getting a, a legitimate zero out of Gallo, it would be huge. Yeah, it'd be great. And you know Donaldson. I think he just thrives on being hated like, yeah, you know, and yeah. and we'll see. We'll see. Like, who, you know, I don't catch everything that's mentioned. I didn't see it anywhere. Like maybe he got a cortisone shot or something in his shoulder. And so now he's, you know, and if that's what we got to do, he's 36. Shoot him up. Exactly. Shoot him up, numb him and let's keep it going. So um, he but like he was great in um, in, in, you know, the last week. And, yeah, there were some, you know, people got mad because the ball that could have been a double play ball, he bobbled. But that ball gets through some people and you can't assume the double play. There are a lot of other options. You know, there are a lot of other things that could happen. I mean, Glaber's been playing great, but I think if DJ's playing second base in that inning, he gets, you know, because he's also because he's taller. Yes. Good. Point, Maybe DJ good point. turns the double play like it, it all depends on, like, who's there. But we're playing well occasionally a couple breaks don't go your way a lot more breaks have gone our way yeah and he's been really good defensively so it's it's hard to to knock him for one Aaron again you know the grand slam thursday night the three run homer friday night he he did his part up there um so not not going to knock him too much so i have a little bit of uh so i know we were watching last night and you know you said you went to bed did you catch the dj the, the two dj drop pop-ups I saw the I saw the clips of yeah. Okay, so like everybody's clowning DJ, and I get it. He dropped them both and he called them off. But both of them, Judge and Hicks, like, dude, this is like the first thing you learn when you're playing baseball. When you are the outfielder and there's a 50-50 ball between you and the infielder, you charge in, you call the infielder off, and, and you catch the ball. You know, judges would, would have been a little bit harder for him. But Hicks, like, you're the center fielder, dude. Like, I think our outfielders need to take charge. DJ shouldn't have been under either of those balls. 
Yeah, I mean, that's just that's baseball one on one, like just coming because even it's funny because Hicks has said and shown at times that he struggles going from left field on balls into the gap of being called off by judge. Like there's been balls where he's come in front of judge because he's got a center fielder's mentality. Every ball I could get to is mine. Where where was that? What happened there? Aaron? Yeah. Yeah, and and Hicks, it's like I, sometimes I can't tell if it's just because like he's not the fastest center fielder, but he also just sometimes he just jogs and doesn't run hard. Like sometimes I can't tell if it's just he's not fast enough or he's not trying hard enough. It's it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, there's a difference between and you can tell when a guy's like running his ass off, but just isn't fast, or when a guy is out for a jog around the w- reservoir in Central Park, <laughs> and he's really more there to like see girls than like focus on his jog <laughs> that's that that is aaron hicks in a nutshell i think that analogy. it's really only jogging halfway he's eating a soft pretzel for that walk back <laughs> no that, that's great man but yeah the, the outfielders have to start taking charge and I, did gallo play in any of the in any of these games maybe he play i think he played thursday night yeah i think he had a home run on thursday there's no way that had to have been in pittsburgh maybe Okay, I, mean, I think he only played in one of the games. But do you, like, do you think he they're actually going to dump him for nothing? I mean, it depends. Like, I think I think there is a part of hoping that someone would need a couple days, would need a ten day, so you can see what you have in like in a couple of guys, Florial, Peraza. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Florial and, per, Florial and 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 Duhar are hitting like 350 in AAA. You have to cash them in this deadline. Because how many times have, have we talked about it where Cashman holds on, holds on, holds on, and again, like Clint, release him for nothing. Like He's got to sell high for once. Yeah. I mean, that's like – that's why I'm saying like this feels like the year because you're not, if you're not going to use these guys, do something with them. I mean, we've got LeCastro too, you know, fastest guy in baseball. Like now is some team dying to have Tim LeCastro? No, but if he helps tip the scales in our direction while the Dodgers are in on Castillo, then yeah. He's our pinch runner um, in the playoffs. And yeah. I was just going to say, like, oh, I'd rather have Gallo as a defensive replacement than some single A prospect. But I He's guess it's tough at times. Yeah. And he hasn't even been like, in the field. And, and LeCastro can be that guy anyway in in the playoffs. So Gallo is, is really useless. I saw Bob Bob Clappish tweeted something about, you know, that we were talking to the Royals about a Gallo for Benintendi swap where we include prospects. But that to me, that just makes no sense. Why would the why would the Royals want anything to do with Joey Gallo for prospects? You know, just for to get the prospects. But like, why wouldn't they just I, I think I'd rather have, like rather have just take the prospects without him, I guess, or unless we want to include him for the salary for the money yeah, for part the of salary it. relief yeah. and, you know, to a certain extent there, you know, then it's like, oh, well, we've got, you know, we've got Joey Gallo for a little bit. And for That's him, he could rebuild his value a little bit in a low pressure environment, which he clearly needs. <laughs> yeah. Gallo played Thursday and Friday. He had two walks on Thursday. Gotcha. OK. <laughs> it's in 165. It's so bad. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so bad. It's crazy that it's like him hitting 200 is out of the question at this point. Like that's done. That's I think it's like done. a mathematical like impossibility. <laughs> you know, people are like, you know, if the Yankees went 500 the rest of the way, they'd win 110 games or whatever it is. And it's like, I think he'd have to get a hit. Like Tony Gwynn couldn't save his batting average. No, <laughs> he had a hit on Friday too. Two RBIs, three left on base. Did you see in the Pittsburgh in the Pittsburgh series? I didn't actually. I had gone to bed at this point. It was a game they won 16 nothing, but uh, yeah. I heard. But but he uh on on a like he took a walk when a position player was pitching like he took like a close three two pitch and walked it's like, dude come on that's man. I mean that's the definition of like you can't give up at bats like he needs whatever he could get you know whatever will give him you know something for his on base percentage or anything you know yeah, I mean he he's the guy in, on, like, he's the, the guy in co-ed thing. softball that's taking borderline pitches and everybody wants to kill him like that's that's what i picture him he's a guy who who takes on the borderline pitches and then there's a girl hitting behind him and he's like but that's my girlfriend she's gonna take her at bat she paid just like we did so and it's true. like no i'll just stand here in the on deck circle then instead of just having the bases loaded oh, i'm only three for three with two home runs and a double it's the worst, man. Those those people are the people are the worst. One of my one of my pet peeves. I mean, maybe look, maybe him for Ben and will have it. I'm just I feel like every year when we fixate on a trade deadline target, it's always somebody different every year. Like we never get the guy. Yeah, at least so like here's the thing. Ben and would be nice, but like, I'm not I'm not in love with anyone. 
you know, there's no one where it's like, like you want, you wanted Cole. Yes. You know, I, I'm not going to bring up the other trade. Don't. <laughs> it's only been a decade. It's tough to get over. It is. It is. But yeah, another, another guy that he passed on. So yeah, it, I can't just assume that Cashman's going to go out there and acquire he some is. deadline arm. You I do. think it is because it's just like it's decision making time on so many things. Like all the everything in the cupboards are about to expire. So true. And here's it's the thing. So we true. know like and Duhar looks amazing. We know he's not that good. You know, deep down in your heart, he's not that good. He's not that every day. He's not. He can be a serviceable major league player. But for some team who's making a push for a second wild card in like the NL. And Duhar could be the difference. Yeah, no, for for sure. I mean, like the Phillies don't necessarily need him, but like a team like that that's like hasn't made the playoffs for a while and just wants to get in and like make some noise, make the season ticket holders happy. Yeah, a team like that. Um, I don't I don't know the NL that well, but yeah, no, you got to cash in for something. And Florio, like I just say NL because I don't want to like run into and Duhar. In no, the, no, yeah, I could see him like torch. Yeah, I could see him instantly becoming a Yankee, a Yankee killer. Um, for sure. No, but yeah, they, they, they have to do something in Florial. I feel like, I feel like he's got the goods. Like he's athletic. Seems like he's got some pop. He's good fielder, but they, there's gotta be a reason they've never given him an extended look. Like the only games he gets are when he's the extra double header man or, or whatever they call it. Well, I think for like the most part, when he's come up, he bats like a hundred, Like he's had a couple of like small opportunities. But you know from playing baseball, like if you're if you're playing, you get caught up for one game and then you're sent back. Like you need to play like four or five games in a row. And I don't think he's ever had that. Yeah, I don't think the opportunity has been like the options are what has killed him. Yeah. You know, he's just always had options available. How many options do you get for your career? I've always wondered that. Um, I forget because they like change it all the time. Like they just changed it in the new CBA. Uh, okay. You, can only, you know, you've got it's you know where five years of control, and then you uh, run out of options. I forget. I think it's like three years, maybe it's four. But like where you've been in the big leagues. So like in Duhar's time doesn't count when you've been in the big leagues. Someone listening to this is like, how do these fucking idiots not know this and do a podcast? Because we. <laughs> <laughs> no, first man. made a new job today i smoked in between you did yeah yeah we're through day one i need a haircut bad and you know but you know hey 14 games what are you gonna do you it, can't get too yeah. upset it's, but it's the classic, like, I would have signed up for a split going in, but once you get the first two, and it's not just once you get the first two, it's when you have the late leads. Like, when you yeah, have leads no, and both, I'm not man. saying that it's okay. I'm just trying to talk you off the ledge. Yeah. <laughs> but you, and you keep making this comment, too, like, oh, like, all the games are the same, but, like, they're not. Like, the Pirates games they're last not. week, like, were not as important as these Red Sox games. Or the Red, like. Nobody gave a shit when we lost that first Pirates game. No. Nobody. nobody. I wasn't even upset. <laughs> Yeah, I was surprised. I was like, I can't believe no one cares. You know, no one's jumping off a building on this one. I think it's an NL thing, like especially like a team that we don't have a rival, like an NL Central team. Like it's one thing if maybe it's the Mets or I don't know, another NL team. But like a team like the Reds or the Pirates, like who gives a shit? Here's the thing. If the Yankees blow their 14 game division lead, 
They're not winning the World Series anyway. Doesn't matter. First wild card, second, third, eighth. Doesn't matter. Because that team's not winning. No. Do you think we'll have four playoff teams from our division? Certainly looking like it. I mean, I think Baltimore's in over the Guardians. Like, they have more wins than the Guardians. Yeah, they're a game under 500. Yeah, like, they'd be in third place in a lot of divisions. Um, I think we have a very good shot at it. And it's crazy because, like, those other teams in our division are good teams. They're playing well. They're having good seasons. They're even reserving that, like, we're splitting series with them. Yeah. But we're just kicking the shit out of everyone else. Like, really, it's astonishing to look at the standings. It is, man. It is. You know what I did today? I did the, you know, when you go on the standings and you can like change the date to see what the standings are. Like I did for this day in 2021 and we were three games over 500 a year ago from today and in fourth place. It's like, what a difference a year makes. Yeah. And I think a big part is just guys are playing better. (laughs) Guys are just playing better than they did in previous years. They are. And, and well, they're also way healthier. I mean, other than, other than Stanton missing, I think he only missed the minimum the 10 days they and Donaldson missed like 11 days. They, they've all been healthy pretty much. Yeah. And you know, that's why when Rizzo's going to miss four days, like, all right, cool. Like those at bats can go to someone else. You know, we're getting Carpenter more time, you know, whatever the situation may be. One thing I have liked is Rizzo always does this, but I just, I don't know. Maybe I've noticed it more is he's really, he's choking up a lot and just like, Hey, I'm just going to get a hit. Like he's just out there spraying the ball around he has his times where he goes on power surges but he's just spraying the ball by choking up in the sixth inning of this uh sunday night game i mean he was halfway up the bat it looked like he was bunting he has different levels of of choking up too like he has a standard choke up and then with two strikes like you said he goes he goes halfway up and he has a choke up for when he's just trying to foul the ball it is it is really interesting to watch him hit especially compared to most of the other hitters in the league that just take their biggest swing on every pitch like Rizzo is very strategic up there Yeah he's I mean I I don't know what he's doing in the clubhouse in terms of talking to other guys but I hope he is because He's a, you know, he's a professional hitter. Hicks was choking up last night a little bit. I think he's maybe been in, in Hicks's ear a little bit. Yeah. I just think these guys are playing for each other. That's part of, you know, the whole, the chemistry, you know, a lot of, there are a good amount of people who want to move on from IKF to Peraza. Yeah. I'm one of them. Okay. Talk yeah. About it. So, yeah. Tell, so the, tell me on this. So the analogy I have is I don't know about you, but whenever Jackie Bradley comes up for the Red Sox, like I relax, I exhale, I put my feet up because like not only is he probably not going to get a hit, he can barely even like get the ball into the outfield. Like it's almost like the pitcher's coming up and it's it's nice for me, especially in these high tension games. And that's the feeling that I think other teams get when IKF comes up. Like, yeah, he'll hit a single every once in a while, but like can he even get the ball to the warning track? He's got no home runs. Like, I just think when you have that little pop and you allow defenses to kind of relax when you come up, that you're a liability. And again, to me, the defense just hasn't been good enough to justify the, the the lack of power and the lack of pop. And I'd like to see what I'd like to see what Peraza can do. I mean, I think shortstop, you can make an argument has been other than Gallo. Like he's maybe he's been their worst performing position player. I mean, it's in 267 and they're all singles. Yeah, and he doesn't really walk like I, I just the upside is so limited. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I can be sold on it. I don't have a strong feeling either way. Okay. Like, this is one where it's close enough to me. I mean, they're playing similar baseball aside from the power numbers. Um, Peraza's been a little better defensively, but I think there will be a drop-off when um, you become the shortstop for the New York Yankees. Like, I think the same way every new shortstop for the Yankees who's a young guy goes through some yips. I think if Peraza comes up, he'll have a couple yips. Yeah, no, that that's definitely fair. To be honest, I wasn't like I knew what we were getting offensively. I just thought like that I, I was picturing, like, all right, we're going to get this defensive whiz. He's going to make every single play. And then and the offense is going to matter. Yeah. yeah. And he grades out average. If he was if he was second in defensive run saved and had two errors, I, I really wouldn't care about the, the lack of offense. And I know you always give the analogy of like, oh, we can't have a three hundred million dollar player at every position. And I get it. Like we weren't going to sign Correa or whatever. I'm just wondering was there something in the middle, right, between an IKF and a Correa that we could have had? And I, I don't know. Yeah, who's the guy from Minnesota? Guy from Minnesota. Oh, um, Angelton Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now IKF is maybe I think, I, but like IKF was never the long term. No. He's never the forever shortstop of the Yankees. I think it's easier to make the move if they're not if they're not fourteen games up. Um, you know, if they're struggling, if they're in second place, it's easier to, to make that move. I'd be like, oh, well, you know, we got to take out a guy who's batting 270, playing serviceable defense. It definitely was worse at the beginning of the season. So it's probably trending upwards month over month. And he has made some sick plays. I'll give him that, especially, I mean, the play he made Saturday night, I, I think it was Bogart's hitting, but I don't remember. And he, and he made an unbelievable play uh, to his right. And they, I, they originally called him safe and then we challenged it and it turned out he was out. I mean, he has, he has flashed a little bit recently, but yeah, I just think like, I just think it's a liability. And I just, I know that from the other side, from facing Jackie Bradley, like when a guy like that comes up and you're like, oh, okay, I can, I can exhale now. Yeah. But I mean, we thought that at times about like Gary we we're like, ah, oh, well this guy's a fucking out, but you know, Astros fans were worried about him. Yeah. Good point. Plus like, I think like, I can't like, this is to a certain extent from a power standpoint. I mean, he had eight home runs last year and that's his high warmer. He's got 16 for his career. He'll find two or three this year. I still think he would if he, if he plays the rest of the season, but He's not the defensive liability we previously had at shortstop. He is a major leaguer. He's used to the travel, the planes, TSA for Canada, you know, whatever it is, all those things. And it's not like, you know, hey, give it another two, three weeks. Peraza is still this hot. Then, yeah, maybe that's what happens. But I just don't think it's a decision you have to make yet because there's no – alternative that like we were going to go out and trade for a shortstop yeah and there's no shortstops on the market but here's another decision that i want to ask you about so i kind of opened ranting about tyone and the fact that he has an 8.7 era over his last four starts and it's not necessarily just trading for a replacement but herman should be back in about a week you got clark schmidt you got jp sears like how many more bad starts does tyone have to have before maybe you consider one of those guys Oh, I mean, I think he could get Phantom injured. I mean, well, he is a, he's heading into free agency, so it's tougher to do it. But, you know, some kind of discomfort, 
you know, maybe a, a, a comeback or up the middle where they're like, yeah, maybe we go with someone else for a start. We're going to give you an extra couple of days. Um, but yeah, like if he has more bad starts, you're going to have options. It's just the options have to actually like be there and be ready, which they're yeah. not yet. I think like a Sears, like a Sears Schmidt piggybacking thing where they each threw, they each throw like three innings. Like I, I think that could work. And then Herman, you know, we we'll talk about this. I'm not sure what their plan is for him. I think they're building him up to like maybe 60, 70 pitches, but I think he only maybe has one more rehab start left and then he's going to be back like probably by this weekend. Yeah. He'll probably come in to the bullpen and then they'll try to do, you know, almost like an opener type situation with him. Like they'll find the opportunity. So, you, you know, what you it like could be, an you opener know, and then him come in, you know, what it, like it'd that. probably be is, um, no, like he's the opener. If he's only got, you know, oh, six gotcha, seven gotcha. pitches, you know, so I don't know what it's maybe like a bolt guy or whatever the fuck they call it. We only go in like three, four innings. Um, we got a double header to open up the second half. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that and the all-star game. So traditionally, right, you, you have your all-star break and you come back. You know, there's a Monday is the Derby. Tuesday's the game. Wednesday, off day, Thursday, off day. You know, the Thursday, Thursday night off day is fairly new. Now, like I'd say five years, five, six yeah. years. But anyway, so they're going now. They basically have the home run derby, the all-star game, which six of our guys are going. Then I guess Wednesday they will fly to Houston. I, I just think a doubleheader in Houston coming out of the break is such a kick in the balls, man. It is. I, it's brutal. They could. I feel like they could have scheduled that better. Like I'm not. I haven't looked at the calendar. Um, even if they, I mean, I get it. The Yankees had the other. You know, they were just in a big like 20 day stretch. But like, just throw the doubleheader in there. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be brutal. And one of the things that I think but it's bring, off a rest. Everyone's rested, but they're not. And you bring good perspective on this because, all right, Aaron Judge, right? He gets Sunday night. He'll fly to L.A. You know, Monday, they'll have interviews. He'll, they'll be hanging out at the Derby Tuesday. We're going to have six guys playing in the All-Star game. You know, they're going to be running around when it's really not much of a break, especially for those six guys. It's really not no, a break no, at no. all. No. Will You're, they be rested? <laughs> You're flying cross country. Do we finish the first half at home? I don't have the schedule in front of me. Yes, at home against Boston. Yeah, at home against Boston. So we play Boston during the day. I think it's a Is one it, one thirty five. Yeah, at least not a Sunday night game. Yes, there we go. <laughs> so we've got that. Maybe they make that. It's probably a West Coast game. Whatever it is. Yeah. Padres Giants or some yep. shit. Mm-hmm. Um. So now it's one o'clock game. All right, seven o'clock. So they're flying private. You got six guys. They're flying private. They're on a plane together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. A private one. So they got to go. They're probably going out of Westchester. Right? Because they probably got a big one. Cole's family is probably going, unless his wife's flying out early, but she's not missing the PJ. Um, So they probably got a good-sized PJ, some kids. They're flying out there Sunday night. They are probably taken off at like seven yeah you're gonna land at like 10 local time mm-hmm. no more maybe like 11 get to the hotel i don't know if they have like a parade type thing or because they always they do like a fashion show there's like a a red carpet i think that's monday thing. yeah monday during the, the day yeah so you gotta do that you gotta Hang out for the home run derby. There's probably a workout during the day, you know, some light BP or whatever. A um, lot of photo shit. Like you're at the stadium all day. 
on Monday, like all day. That sucks. And they all hang out at the Derby, too. Like, even though Judge isn't in it, he'll chill with, like, a Gatorade, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're there from, like, the good thing they got going is that it's West Coast. So, like, they're done at, like, 8 o'clock. But they probably got to be there at, like, 10 a.m., maybe 7 a.m. Right, yeah. They probably have to be there, like, 7, 8 a.m. Start doing shit. That sucks. So you're doing that on like seven hours sleep, if that. That stinks. Yeah, I mean, luckily they're early Monday. They're done. Hopefully, now they go out. Judge is out. You got to go out. Nestor should go out. Stan going doesn't. out. You know Stan's yeah, Stan, going out. Yeah. So Cal, come on. Yeah. Next question. Yeah, Stan may fly out early. He may <laughs> skip that Sunday game. <laughs> um, and then. Yeah, Tuesday is like a, a to-do for the game. But again, you know, done early, like 8 o'clock. Probably have some dinner. I hope You know, these guys aren't drinking. They're not getting wrecked. You think they'll fly out like Tuesday night right after and get a day? Or no, like, you probably do. Probably, Houston, probably go on Wednesday. Right to Houston. And then Thursday, that game in Houston starts at 1 o'clock. It's like, it's like an early yeah. today Yeah, game, so you probably right have early. like a midday like a, a noon, maybe like a two o'clock Wednesday PJ because Cole wants another night with his kids. Like who knows if they're going to Houston, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, they might, they might stay in California because that's a perfect excuse if they're not already in California, because like you just use that as an excuse to be like, we're going home for two weeks. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. No. Yeah. They're just, yeah, that's what, that's what they're going to do. And I think Stanton, he said he'd be interested in doing the Derby. I don't know. I'm He's not. actually in it yet. No, I mean, I'm not interested in that at all. Yeah. I don't want any of these guys to play in the game. The idea of Judge and Stanton both starting the game in the outfield is just fucking terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. And it's like judges, you know, in the contract year, he's got to do business. He's doing business. I get it. Stanton's just this is who Stanton is like they're getting their at bats. And it's in L.A. Like, I think if this was in Kansas Milwaukee, City, like, would yeah. Stanton be going? Probably not. He'd probably go. But, yeah, he's not. He's getting one at bat. Yeah. I remember back in the day, guys used to leave during the game. Yeah, because the like, last you one at Yankee out. Stadium, right? A-Rod left. Yeah, like, right? when Isn't you that... get subbed out of the game, you were gone. Like, guys were on private jets before the game was over. I remember that was a big thing in 2008. The last year at the old stadium was like A-Rod left in the sixth inning and Jeter stayed until the end of the 15th when they won. Yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. I remember that was like a big story. Yeah. The year, like there was a year when like Jeff Conine hit like a walk off and it was just like, there were no players left. Like there was, <laughs> no one was still there. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So listen, I just, it's, What's today? The 11th? It's July 11th. We're 14 games up in the division. Yeah, we were 16 games up two days ago, but I'm mean, going to have a hard time losing a lot of sleep unless it like rapidly gets down the 10. Yeah, if we go into the break, like let's say they take two out of three against the Reds and then maybe they only win one at home against Boston. Like I'd be a little concerned. Maybe Yeah, it wouldn't be a good look. Wouldn't have me excited. Although I do think, and, and tell me, like, I think the difference of playing them, like, it's just such a completely different game when we play them at Fenway Park. It's like 
there's like this hex on us or our, it's like the monsters, like our powers are zapped a little bit. Like we just don't we don't have the same swagger up there, man. I, I hate to admit yeah, it's just a don't. shitty stadium full of shitty people. And that throws off your perception of it. You're just like, look at this dump. Look at these garbage people. It is I will so say, ugly. though, like this weekend series was another sign that like I washed because everybody was in Boston this weekend. Everybody was in the games. Like, Karabas is there, JJ's there, um, Joe's is there, Hubs is there, uh, my cousin's there. Like, I knew a ton of people there. And in previous years, like, I'm there. But it's just like, yeah, I'm washed. Father Time's undefeated. What? Father Time's undefeated. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Best thing about your late 30s is sometimes you wake up with, like, an ache and you're like, that's permanent. (laughs) Dude, I'm like, that's it. That just hurts for until I die. I'm going to Vegas Thursday to Sunday, and I'm like already for my buddy's bachelor party. I'm already that like dreading terrible. <laughs> yeah, like I'm already so- like I'm excited, but like I'm already dreading that like Sunday morning like flight back. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, dude. I've done a week in Vegas on four separate occasions, full week, Sunday Six to nights? Sunday. Oh my god, Sunday to Sunday. That's disgusting. Landed Sunday at ten, leave Sunday at ten. That's disgusting. Do a, a work conference and the Super Bowl. Just bang it out. That's a lot. That, that's it's a that's lot. Too much, it's a right? lot. It sucks life. It sucks the life out of you. Um, so we got, I mean, we got uh, Baltimore week coming. Yeah. What games are you going to? Friday and Saturday. Where are you staying at a hotel or like with friends? Um, I got an Airbnb with like a couple buddies. Oh, you got a couple of buddies going? Is Jamie coming? Nah, she works. Oh, it's just the boys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh and my the... my parents are coming to the um Friday night game, I think. Oh, that sucks. Tell Mike stick around. <laughs> Fucking party on Saturday. Tell him about <laughs> Brucey brunch. <laughs> so are you and the boys gonna come to Boozy Brunch? Boozy brunch. Um one, one thirty. We've got the reservation is currently at thirteen people. 13 people. Yeah, you get a brunch entree, you get unlimited, you know, Bloody Mary, screwdrivers, whatever. It's all like, you know, 35 bucks. I'll, I'll pass it. I'll be honest. I'm not. It's not really my thing. Yeah, you I'll, like to I'll be ready in case they need you, in case they like pick someone out of stands to play. Yeah, I need my hoodie on. Or like, I need LeBron's or Jordan's. Like, I need to be in that athletic position, just like my wedding. You know, you never yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of your wedding, let me just give you a little tip. All right. Yeah. The same summer that you get married don't say the yankees are playing great this is my best summer in years <laughs> don't tweet that don't tweet those things well, i that was in I, the fell spring. Asleep, I fell asleep saturday i woke early I, or no whatever it was maybe friday after the game i woke up i saw that tweet and i was just like dude you just got married you're gonna get yourself in trouble that was in the spring now, so it's almost a separate entity. That was, this last spring was the best spring of my life, too, because I got okay, married. Good coverage, good coverage. You know Jamie doesn't hear this. <laughs> of course not. Maybe if we were talking about this in the first five minutes, she, she yeah. would hear it. There's no way. We're at 54 minutes here. Absolutely no shot she will ever hear this. Feel my wife still listens. Hey, babe. <laughs> um, I know we we got to wrap it up soon. Did you – we had six all-stars. Judge Stanton, Trevino, Cole, Holmes, Nestor. I thought that was like very accurate and perfect. I didn't think anybody really got snubbed. Maybe Mike King. What did you think of that? 
Yeah, I mean, you're not Mike King's not making the All Star team. Yeah, you're not yeah. making it as that reliever. There are no. only three relievers, you know, that make it. So that you know, that's not going to happen. I would have liked to see Rizzo get a, a you know a little deeper into it. I mean, he's got 20 home runs. Like Rizzo, without Judge on that team, Rizzo is a huge story. Yes. But I don't think I think he doesn't like that's the great thing. He doesn't need to be the story like he's just he's just a glue guy. He's just grinding and like trying to cure pediatric cancer, like huge community guy. If you if you haven't looked into his like foundation, do it. Um, Also, if something happens to uh, Miggy. He should step aside and give the legend spot to Matt Carpenter and just, you know, pay the proper respect. Damn, we went an hour without talking. To, yeah, I mean, what a what a story. I, I, I think it's for real. Yeah, I mean, I guess I hadn't really paid a ton of attention um, to his story, but it's to hear all the places he went working with Matt Holiday, like all these different coaches making changes to his swing. Like, yeah, it makes sense that paid off. Like, you hope that that's an example of guys like, yeah, if you keep doing it, because every once in a while you hear about a guy who like came up to the big leagues pitch for like a year or two. It didn't work. They went to go work at UPS and then like worked with their brother and figured it out. Like it's a good story. Yeah. And he was a three time, he was a three time all-star. He's only, he's only 36 and he does like, he has that swing. We always talk about this, the swing that's built for Yankee stadium. It's a left-handed hardcore uppercut swing. Like I, I do think it's, I do think it's sustainable. I think it's for real. And it's crazy that like he pat he just blew past Gallo on the depth chart. Like and he's playing the outfield now. It's wild. Yeah, I can't believe no one else called him. Like I think if anyone offered him just like more playing time, he may have gone there because he was playing for like the next contract. I mean, who knows? He says he was a Yankee fan. Did you hear that last night on the broadcast they said his agent emailed twenty teams, you know, when he was done his revamped hitting or whatever, and we were the only team that responded. Like it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I wonder why, I guess, we weren't interested in really, like, muddying the waters further in uh, spring training. Yeah, it was late, or maybe he wasn't done, because he, he did, like, his cross-country sabbatical or whatever to fix his swing, and he was working with Matt Holiday and some other guys, and I, I guess it worked. And the Rangers were so bad, he probably just assumed there'd be an opportunity, but they decided to, to really punt. <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot, idiot franchise. But no, it worked out. Worked out for us. He's looked okay in the outfield, like making making decent plays. And and he's got that, like, I love his attitude of just doesn't matter. I don't need regular reps. I don't care where I play. Just put me in and let me hit. Yeah, I'll load the plane. Classic All right, Nick's got to go hit some softballs. You can follow Nick on Twitter. At NKirbyNYY. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. You can follow the show, George's Box Pod. Uh, Nick, thank you for covering for me last week. While I just, I'll be honest, I just didn't feel like it. I yeah, was no. Off, <laughs> I was off for the week in between jobs. She's like, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like turning on the computer. Um, we'll be back every week. If you're going to be in Baltimore on the 23rd, tweet at us, DM us, let us know. We're going to have uh, a gang of people hanging out, having a good time. If we don't see you in Baltimore, we'll see you at the parade. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. 
And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.